everybody. This is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Uh, welcome to the show. Very excited today because we are going to talk about a new Marvel movie, which is always exciting. This is our second Marvel movie of the year. We talked about Black Widow a while back. Please go check that out um, on our YouTube channel or back in our podcast feed. Um, but today we're talking about uh, Shang-Chi. Very exciting. Um, we get a new character, a new original wow. character. Well, not original because it is you know, based on a character. But it's a character we've never seen before in the Marvel Universe, which is um, really cool. Um, you know, I, w- I was thinking about this yesterday as I was... Uh, kind of collecting my thoughts about the movie. And a lot of times we get character introductions in other movies before they get their own. But this time, uh, this is the first time we've ever seen Shang-Chi. I was thinking about it specifically in comparison to Black Panther, where we actually meet him in, is it Civil War where we meet him for the first time? That's and right. His own movie. But this time, all bets are off. We don't know this man. Very exciting. Yeah, it's very uh very reminiscent of like uh, ant-man in that way yeah so like, they didn't have like a setup anywhere it should go without saying that because this is a marvel movie we will be spoiling it and spoilers are very important to uh the whole franchise so i would watch shang chi before you listen to this podcast 100 because it is uh inevitable that we will ruin it um uh, so let's get started with some opening thoughts on shang chi I think that it was the best introduction to a new character, at least in my opinion, since I said Black Panther initially, but mm-hmm. I do I do agree that, um, you know, the way that we were introduced to Shang-Chi was a lot different because we hadn't seen him before. And there for a really long time was a um, habit of Marvel to introduce characters in other movies. And so I, I, wasn't excited about ant-man when it happened uh the build-up to ant-man wasn't exciting but i walked away really liking the character i was just skeptical um this time i was excited about it and i think that he has become one of my favorites like right out the gate looking at who we currently have i think he has vaulted himself to the top and this entire franchise i'm very looking forward to what they have coming forward i think that he was great Aquafina was great. I think the lore was amazing. The story was amazing. The fighting was amazing. I mean, it is genuinely one of the best. And I said this about Black Widow. I think it's also reached a point where I just can't really say bad things about Marvel too much at this point. They're really hitting things well. Um, and I think this really is a step above a lot of the ones that they have been putting out, which is not a knock on the other ones. It's just that this one is that good. Definitely. This was fresh, man. I'll tell you, this felt cool. You know, this movie came in with a bit of a different feel than the movie we got earlier this year, Black Widow. That came in with an established character that, you know, you have that name recognition. New character here, so how will it do, right? And I thought that it really, I mean, it just kind of reinvigorated for me a lot of the love that I've had for previous movies in the franchise. This is not the first solo film that we've gotten, but in terms of the last few, um, so we're talking about Ant-Man, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Shang-Chi, right? Of being like movies where characters weren't necessarily fully introduced somewhere else before showing up. And this one really, I think, stands towards the top of those as being just like, 
It's fun. It's energetic. The characters are interesting. The cast has seemingly great chemistry. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about Simu Liu and Aquafina, but I thought their chemistry was great. Um, and then, um, like you said, the fighting was fun. The action is really cool. Um, I thought this was some of the best fighting we've seen in a Marvel movie in a long time in terms of fight choreography. And I thought that, um, I'll tell you what, it goes from, it goes from uh, like, uh, like it goes from like, I don't know what that describes as four to 10, like really, really like crazy fast. Like it, I kind of thought it was going to be really street level stuff, you know, with a little bit of mystical things. And boy, did it jump into entirely magical, mystical world. I and I didn't really anticipate that. I really thought we were going to be getting like a little bit more like just, um, you know, thugs in dark clothes. But man, we got, uh, spoil, you know, spoilers, we did that warning earlier, but we got, you know, like dragons and weird lizard horses and, uh, you know, uh, giant lions and stuff. So like it was very, very different. Um, and I love every time i loved it with ant-man i loved it with dr strange whenever they open up a new uh, corner if you will of the mcu this is a side that we haven't got to see a lot of it's been teased it's been hinted at with the 10 rings in the past but this is man it really like i said it really reinvigorated my enjoyment of all of it i'm so excited to see where shang in, uh, shows up next I'm really excited to see his own sequel because I think they definitely left room to set that up. So yeah, I'm excited. This was really cool. I don't know, thinking about my long, my, my overall MCU rankings and where is it going to fall now? Yeah. I, I really like uh, what you said about feeling reinvigorated by it. Cause I totally agree with that. I don't, as much as I enjoyed it, I don't think I got that reinvigoration feeling from black widow and you know, there's a lot of, explanations for that i think largely knowing that it was um set in the past and didn't really set up too much of the future outside of some some new characters that we will see return but this really like put us on uncharted territory again which has been so long since we've we've gotten that you know in the in the build-up to end game and everything it's been kind of this slow march into the next phase and now this movie made it feel like it's really starting to fire up uh i think it, it really it exceeded my expectations i'm not really sure what i was expecting but i'm with you david that it that it wasn't this like the whole magical mythical part of it i didn't think it would get so uh in intense on i definitely agree that that he's one of the best character introductions at least since black widow but i also liked how it's so full of really rich storytelling you find out so much about um shang chi as a person you find out a lot about the ten rings and this like family drama at the center of the film um, and, and then a whole bunch of lore that then goes into that mythical stuff we talked about. I think Simu is is like totally ready to be a movie star. He's super charming. He's funny. Um, and I learned this doing research after watching it that he has background as a stunt uh, a stunt actor, uh, so that really helped him sell 
those fight sequences that were so amazing because from some behind the scenes stuff I've seen, he appears to be the one doing those fight scenes. Um, I don't, I'm sure he had some stunt doubles for some things cause most do, but he was really involved in, in that fight work and the choreography was next level. <laughs> like that um, bus scene was wild. The um, scene outside the building on the scaffolding wild really all the fights were but those two in particular stood out to me because it was like jaw-dropping fights that i feel like i haven't seen in the in the mcu Mm -hmm. um you know i i wrote in my letterbox review which you can find on letterbox if you search my name (laughs) um that i think and this might be a debate we can have or we might all agree i think that in pure terms of hand-to-hand combat no no iron man suit no weapons that Shang Li could kick every Avenger's ass. It's very, very possible. Hand to hand combat. The best fighter that I can think of next to him is Black Widow. She can also kick some serious ass. Yeah, um, maybe Captain America. But if Captain you take America's away, if, strong, but like, yeah, but Shang Chi's so fast. Yeah, yeah. It's um, the yeah, especially once, especially by the end of the movie, especially you know when yeah. you give him that that dope suit. That he's got. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. Shane's suit, man. 95% of the movie, he's kicking ass without the rings. He don't yeah. need that. No. Yeah. That was bonus. Um I agree with the fights. I think that it it the way they did it was so cool because you start off with what I can only describe as a beautiful fight between mm. um Shang Li's or Shang-Chi's uh eventual Aaron. mother and father. Yeah. And it is a beautiful way that they have shown the different kinds of uh, stra- fighting strategies between the two and how they work together. And that immediately gives you that chemistry between those two, such different uh, personalities. It was filmed like a ballet sequence. Almost. Absolutely. And then, yeah, you, you go right into uh, hardcore fighting on buses and on the edges of buildings. And, mm-hmm. and then you get into the mythical fighting. And, and I am a little surprised that you guys didn't expect a lot of the mystical stuff because the biggest complaint that I have is that they gave away the damn dragon in the trailer and that yeah. would have been like pop. Like I, if you build up this dragon, this legend of the dragon and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And the moment that you see that dragon in that situation, that would have been a huge thing, but they yeah. gave it away in the trailer. I know. I will say this. I remember that. And I remember seeing battles in what looked like a mythical place, but you know, I didn't really know what those, how those were going to tie into the story Were those like events from the past where they, you know, or what, but, but I, I also be honest, I, I, I couldn't, uh, when I saw the dragon, I was like, okay, is the dragon going to be real or is it going to be like, an allegory a hallucination you know like how far are they going to go with this and i gotta say usually marvel saves getting crazy for like the sequel you know like now that you're invested in i'm just going to pick i'm just going to pick like ant-man for the for a second now that you're invested in ant-man and the idea of a guy who shrinks being a being a good superpower now we're going to give you ant-man the watch where we're going to do tons of crazy weird stuff with the shrinking and the quantum realm and all this bonkers stuff dr strange uh like multiverse of madness is gonna make Doctor Strange one look like holy heck! Look, what that is the weirdest stuff I've ever seen. I think. I think that they are building towards Doctor Strange being the next big crossover movie. 
um, based Seems on like everything that they have. Sort I of mean, like you've got Maybe Wong, not an Avengers, but like a Civil War situation. You've yep. got Wong go, going, showing up in this movie, uh, along with, you know, again, spoilers, you got Captain Marvel and you got Bruce Banner showing up. Um, you know, they really are building towards it being the next big thing. He, he plays a big part in the next Spider-Man trailer in some way, shape, or form we see. So I, I really do think that something big is going to happen in the next Doctor Strange. Um, but I also think that this is a really good way to do an origin story. Like this did not feel to me like your stereotypical origin story. It just felt like a story. Um, they weren't building towards this big, and I think maybe it works with a, a lesser known, broadly known character, like a Spider-Man. Everybody knows what's gonna happen. And so I think you get into the same tropes of just people kind of wanna see it, even though they complain about wanting to see it. Um, I don't need a Spider-Man origin story. Just give me Spider-Man. But people also yeah. want to see the origin story. Um, this one just felt like a story. And it, it just really worked. And I hope they use that same formula going forward because I get sick of the origin story tropes. Yeah. Um, so give me something creative. Well, as long as, yeah, as long as you're being creative in how you're utilizing the tropes, you know, like, uh, I mean, it's a classic, it's a classic literary device as uh, the, the hero's journey. And this movie hits so many of those traditional beats, you know, you right. have your all is lost moment, you have your gift of the goddess, you have your mentor character and, and your, those, and those types of figures, you know, and then, you know, you have your, you have your, your, your return, right. The call to action that's rejected. All of those things are there. Right. And yet it's using a mix of that and then, leaning on the fact that the audience knows this world right there are so many things because this movie exists in the mcu that allows you to allows for the audience to understand a history there's a history to this world there's a line in the movie one of the characters that, that that's a friend of uh, shang says um we're living in a world where half the population can just suddenly disappear you can't just live your life frivolously anymore you got to do what you want to do while you have time that kind of line out in a bubble outside of the mcu would be like that's a weird line <laughs> but because of what's been built by the mcu characters like wong and, and abomination showing up it adds to the movie because it creates this like intersectionality of like it doesn't always have to be an avengers level event just a character like wong being run into in, in, in sort of at random it makes you feel like wow this is like a living breathing thing there's and there's a history here you know shang chi based on the based on the, the the dates given in the movie he would have been on he would have been on the run when iron man 3 happened and when this guy was claiming when trevor slattery was claiming to run the 10 rings you know so like he would have been in america while that was happening and he's maybe is he thinking that's not my dad <laughs> you know or whatever right uh i want to i do want to touch on this though because josh you said the bus fight and yeah. i'll be honest I, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm kind of lame. I'm a sucker for a good long ago in a time far away. Those type of openings, I, I love them every time, you know? And so like them telling the story of how they met and all that, I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. But man, that bus fight made me go, holy shit, I am in. I am in. This movie yeah. is awesome already. It's hooked me. Like that was so cool. Um, there's a real cool factor with this movie. And, I think uh, that is a, a benefit to Marvel going back to the origin story type 
is you can really connect this to the world that you have built because you've been doing it for so long and you've been doing it for so well that you can just tell the story and you can just give me enough of a piece to know. And I think that perhaps, and maybe this is a, a semi-hot take, I think they're near the, in phase three especially, we just got so used to this intertwining of everything. There was not, there were, real, there were standalone movies, but not really. Like everything just seemed like I was gonna go see this movie and then I'd see, you know, Black Panther, this superhero, this superhero, this superhero, this superhero, this superhero. All, oh my God, look at that superhero. It was, it was just superhero all, everywhere. This all, is just focused on that one person. And yeah. I don't feel like they have done that in a way that didn't seem connected on purpose in yeah. a in a in your face kind of a way. This was connected on purpose, but in a in a just subtle enough way yeah. to give me what I wanted, but invest in the character. It allowed for him, it allowed for his story to happen. And you see little sneaks, little peaks, little peaks here. But it allowed for his story to happen and then him join the bigger, the bigger universe. And, you know, even with things like Black Panther and Captain Marvel and Doctor Strange, when those came out, there was still this, like, hush. This, this like, we're building to Thanos because he's been teased a long time ago. We're building, building, right? And right now, we're not really building to anybody. I mean, yeah. kind of are, but we don't really know who at this point or what the major event is going to be we know what's lined out but like what's going to be the next thing that has that avengers title on it you know that's right. going to have like that's going to bring these people together so it uh, there's kind of a there's sort of a newness there's an unknown again yeah like that's is true. it gonna is it gonna be kang is it gonna be uh something more threatening the collector that, you know? maybe benicio del toro like, takes are over. we gonna yeah the collector Again, are we going to see that, you know, are we going to, are we going to enter a secret war where, you know, or something like that? Like there's so much to draw from. Right. You've got the, yeah, you've got the infiltrating bad Avengers that are in some way going to be building towards something. So yeah, there are a lot of questions that we don't know. And I think that is what I am enjoying about this refresh is, you know, at this point in time, as much as I love them, I don't necessarily need the other, the next Thor movie. I want it. But I don't necessarily need it because it is, it seems like we're moving towards new and I'm cool yeah. with that. Like new. you can still give me the stuff that I love and that I grew up with, but like, I'm really interested to see, you know, where you go from here because we've spent so much time with this Avengers and Thanos and all of that. Like I'm really intrigued to see where we go next and who you bring in next. Yeah. I think this is a great first step for a new character. Um, I got to be honest, too. I was surprised when he was in San Francisco because there's one other notable superhero from San Francisco, and that is Ant-Man. We've brought him up before. I really want uh, I really want the the meeting of Scott Lang and Shang-Chi. I want that because uh, that seems like along. That, I think that seems like a great duo, to be honest with you. West Coast Avengers, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, let's talk about uh, it was it was mentioned a bit earlier, but we get some we see we do see some some familiar faces in this movie mm -hmm. um although i don't want to talk about the big ones at the end yet in the movie part you know not the post credits we get um wong and from doctor strange and trevor uh aka the mandarin from iron man 3 mm -hmm. um Let's start with Trevor. How how do we feel about Trevor? And I but I want to I want to ask David first because I already know Garrett's answer. David, did you have any inclination that he was in this movie, or was I the only one totally blown away, surprised by it? So I uh, did not have inclination that he would be 
in the movie for the length that he was. I had a feeling that because Kevin Feige kept talking about, you know, we set up the 10 rings and we kind of had an event in Iron Man 3 where we had a character called the Mandarin in the 10 rings, right? And they agree that in retrospect, that may not have been the best way to do it. And that this was kind of a chance to, uh, in the story, retcon that while at the same time um, owning up to it. But I, I, and so I was like, you know, all it would take, because they did make that short a few years back where Trevor's in prison and he gets kidnapped by the Ten Rings. All it would take is showing him in a prison wearing a jester's outfit or something like that, right? That was the extent, that was the furthest extent, like a cameo for Ben Kingsley. But he actually ended up being quite involved and uh, a, a fairly important uh, role in the movie, kind of fulfilling that comic relief and um, uh, sort of like crazy guide, you know, like the, he's, he's, um, you guys, you guys remember uh, Treasure Island, you know, there's the, there's the crazy hermit that uh, has been living on the island on Treasure Island all this time. And he knows the way to the stuff. It's kind of that he's kind of, yeah, he's the, he's the navigator in a way, you know, no, Morris so, is navigating, but, but mm-hmm. Trevor serves as the translator. And, it, and so I was kind of surprised. I, I, when, when Wu gives this little speech about basically the events of Iron Man three and about Aldrich Killian taking the Mandarin name and taking the 10 rings, I thought, okay, that that's all that's what we're, that that's all we're gonna get all right and that's and that's fine they addressed it that's cool and then it <laughs> and then Ben Kingsley's there quoting Macbeth and I was like oh my goodness this, yeah, is, this I, is so much more than I expected I agree I knew he was gonna be in it in some way shape or form I went a completely different way and I thought you know what let this version of the Mandarin or or whatever they want him to be led to believe as the the legendary warrior across centuries or whatever but uh i thought that they were gonna kill him i thought you were gonna see a dead trevor and mm-hmm. i thought that it was gonna be you know i think that would have been a good time for him to do it if they were gonna go that route whenever he's telling that story about trevor taking his names and you know l- legend and then all of a sudden he just he has his body somewhere because it's like don't mess with me um so i thought that's what they were gonna do but I was pleasantly surprised with how they handled it. I thought that the level that they involved Ben and let him just be silly and he and Morris had great chemistry. Uh, I thought it was super funny and I think it made a lot of sense. Yeah, so Josh, I thought you, were, was, you were off guard though. I was caught off guard. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it was just I was unplugged from this movie a little bit um, going into it. But I didn't know anything. I hadn't seen that one shot, All Hail the King. Um, I watched it after the movie and was kind of glad I hadn't seen it because I think it would have... I don't know. I got to say, I was re- like, I was really uh, pleasantly surprised to see him. I was glad I didn't know he was coming um, because he was a good surprise and he was very funny um, in, a, in a different way than he is in Iron Man 3 where... You know, it's been it's been picked apart to death, but Iron Man 3's Mandarin is a bit of a letdown when you find out he's an actor um, because he was a cool villain. Uh, but now he is kind of, you know, I think it was Aquafina uh, who literally calls him a jester mm-hmm. um, for the Tin Rings. Yeah. Uh, he was going to kill him, but he just but he did 
uh, Shakespeare for the he for the army and, into it. and they were like, yeah. all right, this is they funny. let him they let him live. So I love that. Um, and he was also just a good way to tie um, the movie in deeper into the MCU without using a major character who would take attention away. Um, you know, he has some scene stealing moments, but you're you're you you're not ever thought like, oh, he's taken over now, like it would be if. If I don't know if Doctor Strange had shown up instead of Wong, that would be distracting. Yeah. But but choosing Trevor and Wong, two relatively minor characters, um, it tied it tied the movie in to the timeline very nicely without um, taking attention away from the real leads, and I appreciated that a lot. Right. And, and he's very and funny. You know, his relationship the- with Morris is fantastic. Uh, I don't know what he is. I don't know if if uh, there's a name for that creature. But he's a very cute, headless, faceless, winged furball. Yeah, what did she call him? Uh, she called him like a, a, a some kind of pig dog. Pig dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it was that was very. I mean, imaginative. I'll tell you. I don't know if that's based on something like you said in, hey, in it's mythology. Not, it's not but a, I, I've never seen anything like that before. It's not a blockbuster movie without some kind of character that can be turned into a plush toy. Exactly. It's exactly. I have something for the kids. Plenty of Morris. Morris. Hey, I'd b- I'd buy one. Um, definitely. Do you think? So let me ask you this now. Is in retrospect, does this, in your opinion, make up for the Iron Man three reveal, knowing that this is now the long term, uh, closure of that arc, with Trevor and with Winwu getting his revenge and with there being a real figurehead. I don't know about makeup for because I still, you know, Iron Man three watching it on its own, it's still like, oh man. But I think this is the best way to fix that that there is because of the fact that the Ten Rings are actually a bit intimidating. Mm. Um, if they weren't, it wouldn't work, but. I think showing that there is an actual mastermind helps helps deal with that a lot. Yeah, definitely. I think I think it gives the story makes yeah. it, it, it retconning is always difficult because obviously that wasn't their intention at, in the moment mm-hmm. when they made Iron Man three. They they wanted to like they, the goal the goal was to subvert your expectations. And let's say there are a lot of different things that went into the the Iron Man three decision. Because um, originally it wasn't supposed to be, uh, it wasn't supposed to be Guy Pierce, right? Well, we, I think we talked about that when we did the Iron Man franchise. But which, by the way, go watch our Iron Man uh, podcasts. We did those a few years back. Um, but I think this kind of works a little bit when you have this. You have that little one shot. You have this. It kind of gives you a through line for the closure of that story that maybe isn't overly satisfying, but I feel like. For anybody who starts later now, unlike us, like for my son, <laughs> 10 years from now, mm-hmm. it will seem like that was always the plan. Yeah. You know, it won't be a disappointing reveal because he'll be like, oh, what do, well, you know, and then I, we show him the next thing. He goes, oh, yeah, because that's where that's where this happens. They got the, you know, they get him back. Um, yeah. So um, I don't. I don't know how much time we have left, so let's. I want to make sure we talk about the the post credit scenes to yeah yeah definitely setting up um, for the future. So 
in the first one, Wong takes um, Shang-Chi and Katie to meet with holographic video call, future Zoom call versions of um, Bruce Banner and Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. The uh, Hulk Bruce Banner, no longer Smart Hulk. Yeah, yeah, Professor Hulk is is no more for some reason, and his arm is in a sling, and I didn't know why that was either. Um, well, that was that was from the snap that he did. Oh! He had the he had the had the arm That's in a sling right. as Hulk, but like so, it, it leads you to believe how permanent is that damage going to be? Is he ever going to recover from that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I'll I'll just start by briefly saying it was really exciting to see um, Captain Marvel and Bruce uh, reappear. That is the exact right right part of the movie to br- introduce major characters is in yes. those post credits because that makes the hype infinitely more cool. Um, mm-hmm. I love this. It doesn't take away from the from the from the close off part of the story. Yeah, they kind know. of serve as welcoming um, Chang Chi and Katie into the Avengers more or less. Mm-hmm. And I I also just love this running bit they have where uh, Ca- uh, Captain Marvel just abruptly leaves. Um, yeah. She does that in almost every video conference. And she's got her. She's got a new hairstyle too. And got a new hairstyle every year. Yes, I. I also. I mentioned. I was glad she returned to her her normal hair because the like space flopping hair was a little distracting for me. But it didn't get enough. Yeah. Um. And I love the line about um. You know, you can get my number from Bruce, and Bruce says that I I do not have her number. She always does this. <laughs> It's great. And I love them talking about their sort of a mystery about the Ten Rings that Wong says they don't have, you know, they're, they're, they don't have anything in the mystical side that explains these. You know, uh, uh, Bruce says it doesn't appear to be vibranium or any other earthbound thing. And then you got, you know, Carol saying, I don't recognize it as, as a particular alien technology. So what are these things? You know, there's a, there's a bigger mystery to what these are. Yep. Um, and now apparently and they're sending a signal. Signal mm-hmm. to who? Who knows? You know, it'll be very interesting to find out who that signal's going out to. Yep. But also, what a fantastic way to cap that scene too, of Wong giving them this sort of like, your lives are about to change in ways you'll never know. You the trajectory of your life is going to be uh crazy from here on out. And they're like, Yeah, we should probably go home and get some rest. Or, <laughs> and then the entire audience sings Hotel California. Oh my um, God, we got it. Listen, Aquafina's defense of just putting her hands up and singing Hotel California, one of the funniest things that I have seen in a while. So <laughs> I'm glad that they were able, they, they teased it and then they worked it in. It was well done. Yeah. Oh, so funny. It was, it was and, not ex- and, and you forget about it. Yeah, you forget they bring Hotel it, California. They, they, and then they sneak it in, you go, oh, yeah, she's doing the confusion <laughs> yeah. strategy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh That's man. Cool. And then, of and course, then, at yeah. the very end, the, the actual post credit scene, we mm-hmm. find out that Shang-Chi's sister, who was allegedly going to dismantle her father's organization, has now taken over mm-hmm. and has kind of uh, two-faced um, everybody and now is appearing to maybe be uh, another big bad. Yeah, she, she's either, it's, it's where we'll have to find out if she's going to use this new power for good or evil okay. uh, but if we do see that she has welcomed in women into the ranks true uh, you know she was uh, the movie builds a little bit of how she was excluded from being a part of it and wanted to be but uh, you see that the tent rings are now training some young women to join and uh, she's decorated redecorated the ten rings empire to be very much like her fight ring 
uh, with all the neon and the graffiti and stuff. So, yeah. And then it says the movie cat ends with the Ten Rings will return. That's true. That's true. So that's gonna, you know, so that'll be interesting to see if they mean just in a in a sequel for Shang Chi, or if they mean the Ten Rings are gonna be kind of an important foe in other movies. Yep. Or okay. the Disney Plus shows. Yep. Now I know we are running very low on time, so we don't we don't have we don't have like full weekend box office numbers, but I bet you have um, the Thursday night previews, right? I do, and I have opening day numbers as well. Beautiful. Uh, these are fresh beautiful. off the presses. So, in uh, Thursday night preview, Shang Chi brought in eight point eight million. Which um, I know is like, is that a lot? I don't know. Well, I'll tell you this. Black Widow brought in 12.2. So this is not too far off of what Black Widow brought in for its Thursday previews. Um, I know that makes sense. He's an unknown character. Yes. She had a more built-in franchise. People knew this was going to be the last time they were going to see her. Um, The the box, the the pandemic uh, situation was slightly healthier. And we've been deteriorating. Um, Plus that's the highest grossing movie of the year. So, I mean, uh, to make about 75% of that is pretty good. So, um, but that was Thursday. Friday is now done. And I can say that uh, this is by the way, this information comes from Gitesh Pandya on, I don't know if that's or pronounced that right, on uh, Twitter, who's a great, he's a box office guru. Great. Oh, good follow. Um, Shang-Chi has an amazing opening day with 29.6 million on Friday. That's including the Thursday previews the third best opening of the pandemic behind black widow and fast nine in terms of opening day numbers we're not done with that weekend yet um the uh three day friday to sunday is on pace to get close to 70 million the four day including that labor day uh, monday could reach 80 million which would be very 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 good for shang chi very encouraging um some notes that he makes here uh, and this is a good to have that discussion about the theater experience versus the home experience. He talks about how 37% of the opening day numbers come from big screens, your IMAXs, and 3D screens. People are wanting to see this movie the way that only the theater can give you. Um, he said that with 29 million, 29.6 million on opening day, that's better than the three-day weekend of the Suicide Squad, which came out just a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um and that was a movie that was day and date. And I think that over time, we're starting to see enough data to say whether or not the day and date strategy works because this movie has done much better than a lot of the other movies that had that model. Um, and then it's got high critic reviews too. So, I, I, you know, yeah. a good start. Let's, let's see how it finishes. I think if it does well, I think you won't see, if it does that 80 million, I don't think we're going to see uh, any more Disney movies move or go to they i don't think they're gonna move them to disney plus either probably fewer yeah they'll definitely rethink that strategy um okay well let's uh let's 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 throw out some letterbox guesses then quickly and and let's let's play that game a little bit oh man it's so new i'm gonna guess it has like uh yeah that's true it is 3.9 okay we got a 3.9 i'm gonna give it a little four and point two Oh my goodness! Oh, you guys are super close. Uh, uh, but one one of you is actually exactly correct. Oh uh, no! <laughs> uh, Three point nine is is where it currently sits, um, which is great. 
that is that is based on 30,000 reviews. Um, and it's also got a, a 98% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So this is a, uh, people are loving it. It is not, um, it, is, it is living up to hype for people. What? That's so, that's so awesome. It is awesome. And it's great to see. And I, I wish them all the success because he's a great character. It was a great movie. Um, it's awesome to see an Asian superhero, which we did not talk about in the show, but that is also yeah. very important. Um, part two. We need a part two. Yes. Rep- representation, you know, representation matters and there's no arguing that. So i um, very happy to see that. What are our scores though? Four and a half only because they put the damn dragon in the trailer. Four and a half is it. I will also say four and a half, but because of one, I'm going to sneak in a nitpick. They give him this awesome suit. They show you the suit laying in a pile, right? Laying in, it's all folded up, right? And so you're waiting for him to put it on. Here comes the big hero shot of the suit. The first time we see him in the suit, he's trotting up to the line. No, no, no pomp, no circumstance. It should have been him stepping out from behind a curtain. You ready? And he comes up behind the curtain. Camera slowly pans up. Awesome. Dope Shang-Chi suit. And we were like, let's do this. Right. But no, what is it? They go, Shang, are you ready? He goes, yeah, I'm ready. Like, that's the first shot. That's the first shot. Four out of five, four and a half. That is an interesting nitpick I never thought about, um, but it doesn't bother me too much. I did not, I don't remember the dragon in the trailers. So I, I will, I, I got to still be surprised. Uh, so I'm, it's a five. I'm giving it five. Well, a full five stars. Awesome. Full five stars for me. Um, we have four, two, four fives, a five. Yeah. That's a 4.67. That'll work. Yep. We went way, we went way over letterbox scores which sometimes that's good to do so all right that's it for shang chi and the legend of the ten rings um hope you enjoyed the movie and the show so go check us out online if you haven't done that yet if you've just discovered us there's a whole library of back episodes you can check out including several marvel movies we've done iron man we've done the avengers we have we done others have we done like we've done guardians we've done black widow yeah we did guardians yeah yeah we did black widow we've done a lot of marvel movies and so much more on top of that uh literally like a hundred and i think we're at like 160 episodes of this show which is insane but so go to yeah i know go to (laughs) com. you'll find links to to where you can find us on different platforms um and subscribe to the show you'll find our social links as well follow us and we'll uh we'll keep watching movies with you yeah until right. next time until next time we don't we we still don't have andrew to say one of his they don't have andrew to go his, his fun uh, guys to go on a dark desert highway. <laughs> that's probably what he would do this time i i feel like that's solid uh all right we'll see you guys next time find us online